Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. I am joy, feeling fun. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And we've just had a big laugh together, which is a lovely way to start the show. It is. It's a great way. You come in <laughs> off the back end of our laughter. Um, we are going to have a bit of fun today amidst the seriousness of the message, messages that we always try and bring you. Poking a little bit of fun at ourselves and at society and at the very interesting beginnings of a backlash <clears throat> that we believe is starting to happen on the over absurdity, the overwhelmment, the over-necessity of the well-being movement, the new age movement, the spiritual, nutritional, everything you should, 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 should do this, do that movement. We'll explain a bit more in a minute. But we want to talk today about how there's a lot of guilt coming on us at the moment from a lot of the sources that keep bombarding us on social media, telling us how we should be living if we are to be higher vibrational, clean living beings, the things we should be doing in our lives, in our families, in our relationships, in our diets, in our pastimes, in our heads, and the guilt that we often do carry around as as a side effect of this, as a result of this. So I'm going to hand it to Jane to start off because she feels quite passionate about this topic right now at the moment. And, and so I'm going to get her to set the tone and the feel and, and we'll go from there, Jane. Well, this popped up because I had a little meltdown and, uh, and rang my gorgeous friend, Nikki Huskus, who's a lifeline practitioner, and got her to do some muscle testing and ran a session on me of what was going on. Because I just felt like every area in my life was sliding backwards. And I could not keep on top of it. And I thought, oh, what is going on? So we ran this session and it came out that I had a core limiting belief around the term spirituality. What is it? What does it look like? And I just went, bingo, yes. It's not actually about spirituality. It's about the pressure of everything to do with what we should and shouldn't be in 2016. And at the moment, my little victim story, so we'll give the quick victim story, is... Mother, like, like many of you, mother, wife, two teenage children. And if you want a challenge in life, be a highly sensitive mother going through menopause while parenting two highly sensitive hormonal teenagers. How does that sound for a good victim story? However, moving on from the victim story, overwhelmment, you know, two businesses to run, blah, 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 on and on it goes. And I just thought, enough, enough. The word should should be taken out of the vocabulary. There is no more shoulds. There is could, maybe consider, but no more shoulds. And I'm dropping anything that anybody tells me that I should do, they are not going to get any airtime from me. I'm not going to even consider it. So I made a bit of a fun list of all these things that we should be doing. Um, You can't see me, but I'm putting my fingers up in quotation marks around the should word. And I want to have a bit of fun around how to be the perfect person in 2016. How to be it. And is it possible? Well, the answer is no. However, let's have some fun looking at the ridiculous things that we should be doing to be the perfect person 
that is setting us up to be anything but, to be setting us up to be full of anxiety that can lead to depression, that is setting us up to be miserable and anything but joy-feeling fun. Go ahead and read it, Jane. It'll Shall just, I read it? It'll just set the scene. It'll just explain exactly what we mean. And I haven't written this in any order. I just belted out what came out of my head. So... To be a successful, high-functioning warrior of wellness, you must start your day with setting your intent, be in gratitude, make sure that you shower chemical-free, and make sure you shower every day. Heavens forbid if you've had a busy day and you can't get in a shower. You must then do the three stages of face and skincare treatment, but make sure they are the highest, most purest vibrational products that you can buy. Make sure you wax everything because that's 2016. Don't ever have any facial hair, body hair, anything on show. Wash your hair, again, chemical-free. Make sure that you style your hair in a contemporary style and make sure your makeup is flawless. Make sure that you dress to impress. While you're at it, don't forget the teeth. Make sure that they're cleaned with whatever fluoride-free, blah, blah, blah. Make sure you floss for five minutes. And by the way, book everybody in the family in for their dental appointment because likely you're supposed to go every six months, but you've probably forgotten, haven't been for two years. And make it a a holistic dentist. Oh, let's get to exercise. Get out there, do your exercise. 20 minutes of that, 10 minutes of that, 30 minutes of that, whatever. Meditate. Five small meals a day, organic-free, sustainable, no wheat, dairy, fat, salt. Make sure that it is meeting every single one of your high nutritional needs. Pray, clean, declutter, be positive, check your thoughts. Make sure you sit with each child and have really conscious, aware playtime. Be present. Make sure you are available 24-7 to listen to every person in your life your children, your partner, your friends, your parents, everybody that you care about, you must be on tap 24 hours a day to be the best psychologist for them. Be present. Make love like you're a porn star. Connect with your partner. Be committed and driven at your career. What, no career? Get a career. Make sure you've got a career. Not earning six figures? Well, you better get onto that. And if you're earning six figures, why are you not earning seven? Say yes to everything the children want. Oh, no, wait, hang on. No, say no to everything the children want. Whatever. Give them everything. Quality time with family and friends. Drop everything for everyone. Make sure you've included charity in your life. Grow all your own food. We all know that the food chain's dying, so you better get out there and grow your own. What else have I got here? I've got be social. What, you don't feel like being social? Got no energy? Host families and friends at your home, which, by the way, better be looking like it's the front cover of a house beautiful garden. Wash all your clothes chemical-free. In fact, don't even do that. Make your own clothes and make sure that they are from the most purest, beautiful fabric. Attend self-development courses and talks. Get everyone to the doctor, the chiropractor, the kinesiologist, the naturopath, the psychic and the love coach, whoever. Yoga, detox, quit this, quit that, whatever, start this, start that, whatever. Be the perfect mum, income provider, healthcare specialist, nutritionist, psychologist, lover, supporter, friend. I'm joy feeling fun. <laughs> so if you look around at the prolific... You didn't laugh. Was it not funny? I was laughing. You saw me do some smirks, but I heard some of the list before. If, if you look around at the proliferation on Facebook and Tumblr and Instagram and all the forms of social media at the moment... 
we are, if, if you're a slightly inclined spiritual emotional person, you're probably following this mob and that mob and some of your friends post these things. So if your feed looks anything like my feed does, it is just full of memes which consistently reiterate everything Jane is saying to the point where I'm feeling like unfollowing half my spiritual memes because I'm sick of them. I'm sick of people pulling out quotes that people like Buddha and Gandhi never actually said. Like, they, they, I read a whole article the other day about how there's so many quotes on the internet which the actual people never never said. They, oh, really? They're totally paraphrased to sound more kind of Western and cool and to make sense. Uh, you know? Yeah. Or taken out of context of big, long speeches or keynote speeches that, right. you know, all one that line of, when there's a 20 minutes before that leads to that line. Exactly. And so there's just this brainwashing that is going on of this very artificially highly stylized constructed perfect sort of well-being new age life of and what this woman looks like you can see what that woman or that man looks like because they they they're instagram account holders you can go on so and so's instagram account and watch her doing yoga on the beach at sunrise and then a picture of her with her perfect vegan boyfriend bike cycling cycling around the rainforests of Murrumbidgee and then you can see them drinking their green smoothie juices at their road you know roving market stall that they pop up here and there and live off the grid and whatever with, with it their, does sound fabulous with their free wi-fi you know or, or you know you you can see uh, like Jane's saying just the pressure on the average suburban person who's just trying to make the best healthiest cleanest choices they can make with the limited weekly household income they have to shop with the bills to pay the kids to look after and we're expecting 24 hours in a day yeah and 20 and a few well less than that because you're sleeping for most of it and and you're expected to buy these like rare and ridiculous ingredients which cost $30 a bag or $46 a kilo and those are supposed to become the main proponent of most of the snacks and meals that you're now cooking you want it you want to go broke fast adopt one of these fad new age diets I saw a really funny cartoon I'll try I'll try and remember to put it up when this show goes up on Facebook but for those who don't follow us on Facebook it is a picture of a bunch of cavemen spearing a woolly mammoth and one of the guys says, I can't wait. It was supposed to be like Fred Flintstone. Wilma said she'd make her organic grass-fed fermented mammoth bone and activated almond broth, followed by her famous raw unpasteurised honey and or organic coconut sugar cacao brownies. <laughs> do, do we really think that cavemen ate that kind of food? In the, and yet we've got such a ridiculous movement at the moment, a literal cult following of extremists of people who want us to make paleolithic brownies <laughs> it reminds me of something that i put up at christmas time on facebook which was a cartoon of jesus standing there with a easter. fish in one uh, sorry easter beg your pardon one um, fish in one hand and bread in the other and this crowd going i'm gluten free and someone else said has the fish been checked for mercury and someone else is yelling out Got anything for me? I'm a vegan. (laughs) (laughs) But this is it. We are actually eroding beautiful cultural traditions and rituals because we have this very, very newfound faddish set of fear-mongering based beliefs around, well, we can't cook the traditional Christmas dinner this year. Because the turkey hasn't come from a farm where it's got a green stamp on it and it's approved. And, and well, we don't cook those sorts of um, potato meals anymore because high carb or we don't have white rice with things anymore because, like, come on. 
It's like spitting in your grandmother's face to no longer have the Yorkshire dumplings and bloody enjoy them, the Yorkshire puddings. Like, because why? Because a bunch of people on Facebook want to make you feel guilty and poisonous and toxic for a set of rules which may or may not apply to your personal metabolism. Sure, there are genuinely celiacs out there. There are genuinely people whose bodies definitely resonate with some foods and not with others who metabolize certain things better than others. Do we really have to make a complete and utter industry around it? I know. But then we're talking about food and you think, well, maybe, you know, if that is your thing, you make that your thing. But then you're probably the person that's not going out and may or maybe you are but maybe you've not made it a priority to go and earn six figures or seven figures or whatever and 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 have the power dressed outfit and and the hair done and whatever and blah 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 you must have a life purpose or maybe yeah a life purpose exactly or maybe you're the person that's that doesn't care about food but you care more about the children and you spend all your time researching what are the best ways to raise my children well i've tried to be the researcher on everything Absolutely everything. And I'm done. I'm tired. Well, I'm not doing it, it anymore. In this day and age, we're all forced to be researchers because the internet shoves down our throats so much information every day, almost whether we like it or not. And of course, we, we, we don't care anymore about the sources of any information. Now, Jane and I are the most unscientific, unmedical um strong believers going around which is fine like we have very many firmly held passionate personal beliefs which neither of us feel that we need peer researched reviews to validate that said you still should take things with a grain of salt when you read them on the internet whether they be from the holistic camp or whether they be from the scientific camp Everyone's got an agenda in life. Every government politician, every spokesperson, every business person, everyone who has something to say has a reason for why they're saying it. And we really need to sink into the vibration of the feeling behind the reasons before we just run away with all the information. Yeah. So my moving forward on what I am going to choose to do from here is let a whole heap of this stuff go and really look at what is it that's right for me. And that's going to be different to every single person listening to this podcast. But what's right for you? What are your priorities? What do you not care about? What do you care about a little bit? And if you've got time or if you've got money or if you've got the resources, you will move into that field. And if not, let it go. So if you can't be, you know, doing yoga, meditating, going to the nutritionalist um, while signing up six new clients or by 10 a.m., well, let it go. You know, I've sort of said this before, but every now and then there'll be a news clipping and it'll say, you know, Wilma Joyce Farrington, 105 years old, you know, just just got her or just got her letter from the Queen for celebrating her whatever birthday in the nursing home. She has lived on a diet of scotch and prunes for 70 years. She (laughs) smokes a pack of day, a pack a day and says that the reason she's gotten to the ripe old age of 100 is because she um, disavowed men back in the 60s and says it's healthy never to have a man around. (laughs) Wilma, you know, and it's like there are people, there are octogenarians and septuagenarians, all of those words are for the people that live to be so old. There are many people in many cultures who have lived to be old, happy, healthy, wealthy and wise. And None of them make cacao unpasteurized fermented coconut sugar brownies. None of them do yoga on the beach every day at sunset and Instagram it. None of them drink sprouted green smoothies and, you know, chant a thousand affirmations and mantras before 10 a.m. And they just 
have surrendered into the fact that they live here in a 3D world and they've found peace and joy with what's available. If having, an, if having a it. nip of scotch at five o'clock every night makes, brings them just that, that just crashing wave of joy, then they have that nip of scotch. If having the odd sneaky cigarette at a party every now and then when they're out socialising gives them a bit of a kick and a giggle, they have an odd cigarette. If, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is that brings you those little pockets of joy, it is so much more important that you enjoy the experience while you're having it, eating the donut or skipping the yoga class because you'd really rather stay inside because it's raining and you want to watch a good movie. If it's bringing you complete joy without, and this is the most important bit, without the guilt vibration associated, then you are definitely doing more good than harm. Ah, oh, beautifully so said, Beck. Beautifully. Can we talk about yes, should because, and guilt? That's right, because that is actually what I am doing is I am releasing my need for whatever reason to be this perfect, whatever perfect is, mum, partner, income provider, healthcare specialist, psychologist, friend, whatever. It's all being released. And I'm going to be doing my best to try and spend more time in the now moment. I'm not going to say I'm going to live in the now because I think it's too hard to stay in the now, but I'm going to spend more time in the now moment. moment. And when I do that, what is it I feel that I need? And I'm going to try and meet that need with the huge bucket of tools that I've got, I can pull the right tool for what it is I need in that now moment to be joy, feeling, fun. I think guilt, guilt, let's talk about guilt. Um, Guilt is such a toxic, insidious emotion. In fact, we have devoted a whole half hour show before to guilt because it's a really important one. It's something which is, it's human nature to occasionally, of course, feel. I'm going to do a Rebecca's theory and say that women have a tendency to do it more than men. I think that often men, for whatever reason, tend to be a little bit better at occasionally making more healthily selfish choices for themselves and looking after themselves or doing what they need to do to get on in life. Women tend Or not emotionally taking it on. Correct. Whereas women tend to very, 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 very much often calculate the amount of their self-worth according to how everyone else responds to them in a daily, hourly, minutely basis, daily basis. So is mum happy with me this week? Is my boyfriend happy with me this week? Is my best friend okay with me this week? Is what I just put on Facebook okay? Do those people at the shops like me or do they just give me a funny look? Did the mums at the school gate accept me or do they not? We're constantly trying to find who we are through what the world is mirroring back to us, whereas it doesn't really work that way. Of course, it starts on the inside and how you think that you are and if you're okay with who you are and the buck stops there. Guilt comes up when we constantly feel like we're letting people down, we're not being good enough, we're not meeting some invisible set of criteria which other etheric people like kind of just vague concepts of people out there, be it society or unwritten laws or something my dad said once or whatever's on Facebook at the moment, kind of dictates as being important, normal and absolute. And we live our lives according to these invisible graphs. And that is where the source of so much stress comes from. That is where the source of so much disconnection comes from. And that is where we're constantly wallowing in cycle after cycle after cycle of guilt which is just such a useless, wasteful emotion. Like we said, just eat the bloody donut and move on with your life. 
your, your body won't hold on to nearly as much fat or energy as it will if you keep wallowing in the guilt, as it will if you just eat it and get on and burn through it by getting on to the next thing. Yes, beautiful. Judgment. Judgment. I think, I feel that when we recognise finally that, well, actually I've always kind of recognised that you can't have it all at the same time, when you work out what's important to you and what's not important to you, you then will start to present to the world in that way because people observe such a lot without the word being spoken. So whether they're judging you on the clothes that you wear, the, the car that you drive, where you live, the school that you go to, what you do for a living, whether you've got makeup on, you haven't got makeup on, whether you've got a, a fit and healthy body or whether you've got a curvy one or a skinny one or whatever, people are making assumptions and judgments. And it's that moment when the, the judgment is made because let's face it, most of the world are judgmental and are making assumptions constantly, that you are having this held up to you. And it's in that moment that there's almost a little sense of shame at not being whatever that box is that that person is wanting. So is it the, um, is it the corporate person who presents wearing crushed velvet and crystals everywhere and then has that moment of actually feeling awkward because they're not fitting in with the norm or is it the mum that turns up at school with store-bought biscuits for the bake sale because of whatever reason she's chosen that and then she looks and she sees the disapproval because she has not done her what is it mung bean whatever organic whatever homemade Um, it's those moments of contrast when you've stood in what you believe in and you've made the right decision for you but the boldness comes where you've got to stand up against that judgment. Mm. And that's not nice. That's really not nice. So how do we fix that? Twofold. The first one is be what it is that you wish to be. So stop your assumptions and judgments of others because the more of us that stop doing that, the more encouraging for others it is to behave in that way. Therefore, ultimately, the ripple effect will come back to you where others won't judge you. So that's, that's the first way of, of, of trying to meet that gap. Mm. The second one is you've got to get comfortable with the decisions you make. And there will be times that you don't care about the assumptions and judgments that others will have of you. But then there'll be times that you do care. And then you've got to have your cocktail party line to help them to get off What's that little treadmill thing that the little hamster, hamster mark, wheel? Hamster wheel, that's what I'm thinking. This is, this is a trailblazing way to help other people to get off the hamster wheel. It actually provides that moment of assumption and judgment where you could go into guilt and shame instead to stand in conscious awareness of the choices that you've made and to be able to have the cocktail line of articulating why you've chosen to get off the hamster wheel and that you respect that everybody has the right to get off the hamster wheel and make whatever decisions they feel are right for them with no judgment is an absolute gorgeous gift to the entire 
Western world. Mm, well said. I like all of that. You know, I'm just thinking as you're talking, I can think of two mums in the last fortnight who've both lied right to my face, and it's about exactly the sort of stuff we're talking about. One of them was saying, oh, um, I never introduce the new, the new men I'm dating to my children. And I know full well that she has them around to her house every night with the kids there. Right. The second one is... Fear of judgment. ...constantly paranoid about the food that she feeds her child when I've got my children and I'm feeding them food because her child is overweight and she will tell me, oh, I only make broths and we only have a bit of this and, you know, my daughter isn't, hasn't even got a big sweet tooth and I only buy organic now and, you know... And fear of judgment. Fear of They're just... And I'm not even judging. Like, I'm just like, darling, you're over-explaining. I'm mm-hmm. not even mm-hmm. – I don't even care. I'll provide the chocolate cupcakes. They can all have them. It doesn't – it's no issue for me. Um, it's just back to the conditioning and the, the paranoia and the insecurity that so many of us in this society have. And I want to talk about relevance of eras. Just remember that every era in history – has its own set of kind of socially abided by rules or things that we think are okay or not okay. All of this stuff that we're so hypersensitive, paranoid about at the moment in the the 20-teens, if you'd gone back to, the say, the 70s, wouldn't have raised an eyebrow. If you'd gone to the 1920s, people would have looked at you like you were crazy. You, you go forward in the future 40 years, people will probably be laughing. Oh, they will. And we've got all the evidence. They're going to laugh at all the Love Life podcasts. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> at the absurdity that we allowed some of this chat to, to, to arrive at. Now, let me just say, I can understand why there's been such an enormous, almost over-the-top reaction because we have been in spiritual darkness as a society for quite a long time and we've needed to have a serious wake-up and a huge and vitally important factor of the wake-up call has been to question large industrial farming, large multinational corporates and what they do with our money and our employees, you know, ethics, morals, um, practices. All of that, of course, of course, the Julian Assanges of the world, the whistleblowers, we have needed... Sustainability, the environment. We've needed to have an awesomely healthy degree of scepticism to say, is the way that society is currently constructed and set up the best it could be for us or are there some changes? Great, but we've gone over the top and what it's gone into now is complete and utter fear-mongering. And all of those, you know, and David Avocado Wolf, W-O-L-F-E, for those of you who've never heard of him, which I doubt is few of you, because um, he is prolific. He is one of the biggest, him and like Dr. McCullough, uh, guys on the internet who are sharing endless information about the, the additives, the toxic, the toxins, the carcinogens in your food. It's good to know that stuff to an extent, but there comes a point when it crosses the line into marketing, profiteering, and fear-mongering, and it's up to you guys to be the healthy sceptics to draw the line on these sorts of things. I came across a Facebook page the other day called Exposing Nutritional Quackery. Now, I do not agree with a lot of what's on that page, but was there very healthy debate happening under some of the posts by people in the for and against camps? Yes, there was, and that really excited me to read. It's important. It's important to really be able to know what's important to you and what's not important to you and have the boundaries to be able to let it go. You know, it's like we're talking about your food, like... I remember when I started, oh, when my children were really little. So, you know, we're talking 16 years ago, trying to read labels 
oh my goodness, trying to know where was the source of the product? Was it from here or was it from China or whatever? And, and, and the fear that goes with it. There are things that we just have to let go. And, and in a perfect world, I'd love to be able to do all of this, but I can't. And I wish to be joy feeling fun. So enough. 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 And I will not enable any other person to be moving towards that perfectionism that does not exist. The word should is gone. And from this point forward, I want to celebrate whatever it is that each person is standing strong in that they feel important about as being unique for them, beautiful for them, perfect for them, and helping them to be the warrior of each of us being able to make our own choices. Well said. I'm just finished with a funny analogy. One of my girlfriends who's hyper-vegan, hyper-eating disorder, hyper-orthorexia nervosa, hyper-David Wolf, hyper-everything, posted a meme or sent something on Facebook, which was pictures of little white bulbs of garlic. Did you know these come from China and they're bleached and sprayed and they're in all the supermarkets and real garlic actually looks like this with a picture of a great big purple bulby thing, which is like totally, you know, heritage grown, rah, rah. So I felt really paranoid about that for a week because all I've done is go to the Asian grocer and buy bags of little white garlic cloves for years now. And I'm thinking, is my family dying of some sort of poisoning? And then the neighbour comes around. The neighbour is old school. I live in the the Adelaide Hills. It's farms. It's people in dungarees and gumboots with straw in their hair. These are the people from before the 60s. They are the original blood roots farmers of this country. And she comes over and I said, oh, can I ask you a question about this garlic? She's just like, Rebecca, there's different varieties of garlic it's a valid variety. It's white and small. Yes, because and, I've got a whole thing of it in my pantry right. that I'll show you after that I actually got from a farm in the Adelaide Hills. Well, she, this woman grows it. She's like Only it, because it was a present, not because I'm going out doing that stuff. I don't. <laughs> I, I shop mainstream. Are you worried about judgment, Jane? No. Oh, yes, I am. I just went into You're it. You're justifying. No, no, no. What I'm justifying is the fact that um, I shop mainstream. I'm going, I shop mainstream. <laughs> Quite happy with it. Anyway, eat your bloody garlic. I'm trying to get Jane to do her affirmation and she's laughing. <laughs> I am joy feeling fun. We're having a bit of fun with you all today and we hope that you can separate the seriousness from the humour and always decide and choose for yourselves if you need more help in navigating the rudder on the boat that is your life and your soul, jump onto lovelifeshow.com where you have everything that you need from episodes to counselling. And until this time, next week, let go, have fun, eat a chocolate donut eat some white garlic, enjoy yourself, don't (laughs) meditate, and come back next Wednesday. (laughs) Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening, and it's a beautiful day.